Hi guys, welcome to the Nerd Nation Alliance podcast. This will mark our 17th episode. As always, I'm your host, Zach, accompanied by my co-host, a longtime best friend, Richard. Hello. Hello. And we will start things off with some trailers. So, Guardians 2 trailer, what do you think? The fate of the universe lies on your shoulders. Awesome. Now, <laughs> of course, it's like awesome. I mean, there's more details to that. I mean, of course, like I feel like uh, Baby Groot. Is Baby everything? Groot is like life right now. I love Baby Groot. I had like a note, just Baby Groot is everything. <laughs> oh, that's your notes? <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty much my synopsis <laughs> of Guardians of the Galaxy Two. Um, I also like the scene where. Uh... The psychic lady basically snitched on your boy about being in love with Gamora. Oh, man. And Sexually. Drax, and Drax just ate it. <laughs> he's like, do me next. Do me next. Oh, dude. He's like, your deepest, <laughs> darkest secret. You must feel so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was priceless. I was like, yo. And then the, even the, tra- the trailer before that, they had like a good Drax scene. So yeah. I feel like he's going to be pretty funny. Drax is going to be great for sure. He didn't have much going on in the first movie, like funny-wise, but he was. So now in the second movie, they're like, He's really funny in his own way, yeah, and we're just going to use this up. I like how they're going to capitalize on it. Yeah. Um, also, this is something you told me right before we even started recording. Uh, Luke Cage Season 2 has been announced. Are you ready for that? I hope, I hope it's, be- I hope <laughs> I it's better. I like, no excitement, because all we can remember is, like, the second half of Season 1, so we're just like, uh, it could be that again. It left a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. You know, if it was bad in the beginning, good in the end, your entire perspective yeah, on the changes. show could have changed because a strong ending just helps so much because mm-hmm. now you're going to have to like have this sour taste in your mouth until season two wows you. But I like how they had that trailer with Pop Shop reopened. Yes. And they had the little light season two. <laughs> like that, that was great. And that was, what, 10 seconds? Yeah. Like, like if you watch the show, like when you see Pop's lights come on, like it, it means, it means a lot. It does. If, if you saw the first season. But um, moving on to that, we have Teen Titans, the Judas contract has been announced. Did you hear it got announced? It was so funny. Like, it, it was a poster. Yes. And somebody saw a poster and they started freaking out about it. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's how the internet works. You just see one thing and then if you have a loud enough voice on the internet, then everyone's going to hear it. Absolutely. Um, what do you know about the Judas contract? All I know is, and I did like a tiny bit of research, <laughs> that it's like a four-part storyline mm-hmm. and that it features Deathstroke. And it's about a character that is within the group, but then betrays them. Yes. And that's pretty much everything I have. And it kind of, within the article I read, they kind of also threw in the whole fact that they're also developing a Batman and Harley Quinn movie. Yeah, that was weird. Like, yeah, they just kind of slide it in it there. It was weird because the major announcement was the fact that we have the Judas Contract movie, but then they like shoehorned like the Batman and Harley like mentioned in there. You know why though? Because it's going to be in the Arkham world. Ah, maybe that's... So I guess due to the fact that it's in the Arkham world, doesn't mm-hmm. make it as mainstream. Ah, that's true. But it's still Harley Quinn, and the thing is, it's an animated movie, so, like, Mm -hmm. mainstream people don't want to watch cartoons because they're like, I don't watch cartoons, I'm an adult. But I'm I'm an adult. I'm not trying to hear that. I'm an adult that watches (laughs) cartoons. I'm not trying to hear that noise, Because the cartoons are great. (laughs) But, um, the Judas contract is actually, like, it's, it's like the pinnacle of Teen Titans work is, is, if you, if you talk to anybody that's, like, a major Teen Titans fan, they'll always go back to that as being, like, one of the best story arcs. Like you were saying before, it has the origin of Deathstroke. So we actually get backstory on him. Um, Terror reveals herself to be a spy who's actually working with Deathstroke the whole time. So that was the, the whole double cross. Um, it also introduces Adeline Kane, who's um, 
Deathstroke's ex-wife, and she becomes like a major supporting character. And it introduces Joey Wilson, who of course, you know, joins up with the Titans later to be Jericho. Oh, okay. Mm. And then last but not least, it is actually the first time we're introduced as Dick Grayson as Nightwing. Really? Yeah, so it's the first time Nightwing is debuted is uh, in that story arc. So this is his announcement as Nightwing. Yeah, because basically uh, he went through some stuff, and I think at that time, him and Wally had quit being superheroes. And then this whole Deathstroke thing comes out, and then, you know, you got to come out of retirement with a bang. So basically what you're saying is any hardcore Nightwing fan should be on this. Yeah. Anyone that's like, I'm a Nightwing fan should be all over this. Definitely. I get that. And it's been a while since Teen Titans has come up with like a show or movie or anything. Well, we had Titans Go, but like, but no, I mean, nobody that's, ever wants to talk about But that's that. what I'm saying though. Like there's Teen <laughs> Titans a long time ago, Teen Titans Go, mm-hmm. then Young Justice. It's been years. Now they're doing a Teen Titans movie. So it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. I don't know. That's, that's a very big gap, though. Yeah, but DC altogether has been on the rise, so they figured this is a good opportunity <laughs> to just sneak that in there. Plus, they picked a more adult storyline, so I wouldn't be surprised later on if they hit you with the, uh-oh, it's rated R like type of thing later on. Because it did have some controversy between uh, Terra and Deathstroke. They were actually a couple, which is weird, because he was like 40-something and she was 16, so... Oh. Yeah, you might get some more rooftop love, like that Batgirl. That was a weak rated R, though. <laughs> it really was. I, I still don't know how it became rated R. What was that, like, one one curse word? And, like, uh, half of a sex scene, like, on the rooftop? And I, it was rated R? I know there's, like, requests to have more rated R things, but if you're going to have something rated R... Then let it be rated R. Yeah, let it be for a reason. Yeah. Because isn't uh, Just Leave Dark rated R, too? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see and how it that And it doesn't look like it, it really has a reason look. to be rated R. <laughs> it really doesn't look rated R at all. <laughs> But, um, oh, more good news on the streaming front. HBO and Cinemax will be on Amazon Prime, which is actually fantastic news. So, there are actually upcharges. I didn't realize that. Really? Yeah, so it's uh, $14.99 for HBO and $9.99 for Cinemax. What? Like, in addition? I believe so, yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, they got Game of Thrones, though, so... Game of Thrones, um... It's going to allow me to have an opportunity to watch Westworld because I just keep seeing it being mentioned left and right. Yeah. I have to imagine there's a reason <laughs> that it's being mentioned left and right. I mean, even Chuck said it was really good, though. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. But, like, HBO already has Batman vs. Superman, Revenant, Game of Thrones, like, a bunch of movies, too. So yeah. it's not just, like, the TV shows, but they're also going to have a lot of HBO movies. Ooh. So that's going to be really nice. So you're going to be able to stream these movies without having to buy, like, the DVD, Blu-ray. When it gets to HBO, you're in good shape. And this is another step in the direction away from cable oh god we recently dropped cable and you know what like it's fine <laughs> but you know what that's what everybody was saying in the next few years we'll really see how the like cable versus streaming service thing pans out because the thing with cable is you can get this one big package that have everything but when it comes to streaming services you have to get several different streaming services yeah so it's like hulu will give you this netflix will give you this crunchyroll will give you that but there's not one thing that will give you, like, the majority of all of those. Yeah. Because they're fighting for rights of, like, different shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we'll really see, like, how the home front would be. And that's probably what hurts ratings for, like, the NFL and, like, Walking Dead. Because people are just, like, veering away from cable. And it's just, like... Did you know Walking Dead actually has a four-year low in viewerships? Really? Yeah. I mean, Westworld's also out, too. That's taken, like, all the viewers. Took over that Sunday night uh, took cast? Took that Sunday night hard. Yeah. That's definitely true. But um, moving on, we also have Netflix will allow downloads. What does that mean exactly? 
So basically, you can just download any show or movie, and then when you're offline and don't have internet, you can watch the oh, episodes or movies. So if you go to a place with like crappy signal, you could just download it, and then you'll be fine? Exactly. Mm. And I think this will be huge for traveling. Heck yeah. Yeah, because you don't have any internet. You can't get it on the Netflix while you're flying and stuff like that. You can, but it's always like upcharge, and you're just better off downloading a bunch of stuff. And then if you go somewhere without any reception or anything service on your phone... You're good. Wow, that's actually really cool. I yeah, like when that. you th when you think of it that way, it's really great, and also it's no charge for this feature. Really? Yeah. So this feature is not being charged at all. What? So okay. imagine like if you're watching a show and you have like three episodes left, but then you feel like you're not going to be in any area near internet. You just download those just past download episodes. few episodes, and then you're able to watch it. I, like I feel that. like it'll be probably more used for movies. Yeah. Because downloading that many episodes is probably going to be pretty intense, and that's going to be another question: like, what devices are actually going to be able to handle it? Tablets. Tablets, I'll bring my laptop around, like... Well, this is when, the, when uh, like, drive space comes into play. Yeah, that, never know. that's actually very interesting. I didn't even consider that at all. <laughs> that's definitely big news. Just another step, like you said, away from cable. Yes, absolutely. Uh, this is something you're super uh, crunk about, which I didn't even know until now. Uh, Nintendo Universal Studios confirmed in the Hollywood, California, and Orlando, Florida. So it will be stateside, because you were telling me before... That they have a Universal Studios in Japan. Yes. And so when they announced the whole Nintendo thing, you weren't sure if it was actually going to be stateside. Yeah, you didn't want to get too excited because you imagine you have all this excitement and then they're like, oh, by the way, it's not coming there. <laughs> so that's pretty hopeless. But then they brought up more news. So they didn't just mention that it was going to be in Orlando and mm -hmm. Hollywood. But they're also saying how the parks are going to feel like video games with actual piranha plants popping up. What? Power-ups and blocks everywhere. And that's the only, those are the only two pieces of information that they've relayed so far. Mm -hmm. But now everything is just up for interpretation. Like, would they have a Donkey Kong set up? Star Fox, like you mentioned? <sighs> maybe Mario Kart yes. driving around? Like It's going to be great. It's just up for... It's actually almost as fun imagining what they're going to do. <laughs> until they actually do it. Until they actually do it. Hopefully they don't, like, crush our dreams. Yeah, let's hope not. <laughs> but um, we're going to move on to a quick, very quick synopsis of the PlayStation experience. So basically, this is just like a Sony exclusive expo, like outside of uh, the usual one that we get once a year. Yeah, outside of E3. Mm -hmm. So what these consoles like to do, it seems, is they go to the big event mm -hmm. because there's such a strong audience there. And they'll share some stuff. But then they'll also share their own stuff in their own platforms as well. So, I mean, when they go to these big events, do they just, like, not share everything and they hold stuff back? And then when they do, like, their solo one, they're like, bam. Honestly, we don't know. Mm. You don't know whether or not that's all the information they had at the time. That's true. Because you would imagine they would like to maximize yeah. that audience and get the most out of them they can. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they want to wait till they have more information. Uh, that's true, too. And it also makes sense to have their own platform because why would you want to wait once a year to share such information when this industry is so hyper-social, hyper-media, mm -hmm. imagine only having once a year? Yeah. Sharing this information once a month is tough. <laughs> imagine once a year once a to year. share once information? Like, that's brutal. So, like, the fact they have another one just makes sense when you think of it that way. Yeah, because it's once a year. You only have a specific time slot. You probably can't get everything you want to get in that time slot. So now it's... Now they feel like they can split it up now. Yeah. Where it's like, we don't have to cram stuff in and shorten this. Now we can just give you the whole thing and just split it in two. And they can also have where, if they actually have substance for stuff, they can wait up and they're like, oh, well, we don't have a lot of information going on for this. So let's wait until this next conference. Okay. Yeah. Sounds about right. 
And the first thing they brought up, well, the first thing that we're mentioning, yes. is to be more exact, the Crash Bandicoot 1 through 3 being remastered. Remastered! You know what that means, right? It has to be a fourth in development. We're going to get a Crash Bandicoot really soon. Um, as you were saying before, we, uh, before we started recording, they usually release these remasters to get the hype going when they release like a new game in the series. It's not a bad move. Which, which is not a bad move, but um, like I was saying before, I just feel like it's going to be a little bit outdated as far as like gameplay-wise. You think so? Like simple platformer? Yeah. It's just a simple side scroller. Like nothing crazy. What's going to happen is it's going to sell very strong at first. The reviews aren't going to reflect those sales. Mm -hmm. And all the nostalgists are just going to jump on it and enjoy it regardless. Yeah, that's true. But it looks good though. Because really? the game was really blocky. Yeah, it was. But I mean, so was Final Fantasy VII. And people but, think that was like the best graphically thing ever. But now it looks good. Or did they just like smooth it out? They smoothed it out pretty okay. well. And I forgot how weird uh, Crash is as it a is. character. It is. Like, weird. he's a very weird <laughs> character. And if you, like, watch... Remember that old video? I think he, like, wrote up on Nintendo's building. And Crash is just, like, being annoying, like, in his car, like, outside. Man, they lost so much momentum because that was so cool. Back then, it was Mario, Nintendo, Sonic, Sega. And Sony's like, we got our guy. And then they yeah, just what stopped. happened to mascots? They stopped. Well, Mario's still doing his thing. Well, Mario's still there, but, like... Does Xbox have, like, a, an official mascot? Chief. Yeah, it probably would be Halo. Yeah, but he's not, like, approachable. Yeah, <laughs> He's just like, I shoot things, and, like, I'm a space-fighting <laughs> shooting things, and I don't really have much of a personality. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad they don't have. They could have pushed something like Banjo. Yeah. That would have yeah. been nice. Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah. Uh, we also have the Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite trailer and gameplay trailer. I mean, I like I like the initial trailer, which was the uh, Ryu and, and Mega Man versus X. Captain Marvel. I'm sorry, X. You better get X right. Those X Mega Man cooler. fans will like <laughs> X is awesome. X is the best, but it was it was X and Ryu versus uh, Iron Man and Captain Marvel, which looks legit. It looks awesome. Yeah. But um, I'm guessing you saw some of the gameplay because I didn't get a chance to catch it. Just ultimate moves. Nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not, nothing outside control. Just very Marvel versus Capcom like. Where they stop the screen, everything turns different colors, and they do a big blast. Yeah, all of their moves are very, like, over the top. Yeah, and that's <laughs> what makes these games so great. It's very over the top. But yeah. it's really cool to see Captain Marvel. I know, right? I don't really see her in a lot of media, so it's really good to see her, like, outside of comic books. But I hear she's going to be in the Infinity War, too. So. Exactly. So this is a nice way to start pushing that. And, like, it'll be cool to see all the characters that are in this uh, Marvel Infinite. Yeah, considering we lost, like the rights to other characters so now it's just like it opens it up for for a brand new cast you're gonna have like the whole guardians lineup like mm. so that would be pretty cool you be pretty cool you know rocket raccoon is in marvel vs. capcom 3 really as a dlc in the ultimate ah, okay they added him later on i don't think he was in the original no, one there's no way they, yeah. they, they they rode the hype train of guardians and yeah. just like shoehorned them in there but it is cool you get to see like ryu using the power infinity stone like that's awesome <laughs> it is really cool <laughs> and they were beating the brakes off of iron man before captain marvel showed up and i'm sorry like when you have captain marvel you're doing fine like she <laughs> rode up and why does everybody beat up iron man dude he's just a dude and in it's a suit. always like it's always like some guy that's just really good at fighting, and he has all this like high powered suit, and he's like still getting like getting it handed to him. Well, you even said it before. What was he like a C class hero before the movies? Yeah. And then they like propelled him to yeah, like A class. Like, it's him, like and then after that, he became like the launch pad for like everything. Yeah, he definitely did. But as a character himself, like he's just a dude in the mech. 
I mean, he's very smart. I think he's smart. <laughs> I mean, it's very helpful to be very smart, that's for sure. But we did slightly mention Marvel vs. Capcom 3. It's going to be the ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, which Ooh. already has the downloadable content. Which is fantastic. So they have additional players. They have Doctor Strange. They have Rocket Raccoon. They have Iron Fist. Ooh. So they have pretty cool characters. This is good. Yeah, they have that Ace Attorney uh, character. No. <laughs> How would he even fight? He's I, an attorney. I, I, I don't even know. I've never <laughs> seen anything about that. But they have additional characters. And Sony did their slighted move where <laughs> it became available that day. So when they released the trailer for Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, they are like, hey, today you can download Marvel vs. Capcom 3 on PlayStation 4. That was really smart. Today. Oh, and by the way, for Xbox One, wait till March. Ouch. That's good. Yeah. They, def they definitely made a point for sure. <laughs> like, they definitely did that. But the next game we're mentioning is your game. Oh, This my is your God. baby. This is your game. So basically, they released this absolutely phenomenal trailer of The Last of Us Part 2. I really wish you liked this game because it's such a good game. Even, even if it's just from a storyline standpoint. Like, if it was a TV show or a movie, I could watch it. Like, it's not just the gameplay. Just, like, the two characters alone. So, basically, um, in part two, the only information that we have so far is that it's been um, a five-year time skip. And the first one, you basically play as the guy, and then you have the girl as a secondary character. But now things are switched around. She's carrying the load this so time. Now, I, yeah. I remember she was just a side character. I played, like, a couple hours of the game, mm -hmm. and I only stopped playing because I didn't have the patience for the stealth. Oh, you're not a stealth person. I enjoyed Sorry. the game for what it was. I enjoyed the environment. I thought the game was cool, but, like, I didn't have the patience for stealth. <laughs> like, that, that was all there was to it. So, it's, I'm not, like, a person that would say, oh, it's a bad game. I acknowledge that it's a great game. It just wasn't for me. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Each is old. Exactly, but... This girl playing the guitar, just oh all cryptic, and just like, so and she had the good. blood going down her face, yes. like. And because the first game was almost like, it was basically like a story of love. Mm -hmm. Because you have the main guy, his daughter dies at the beginning of the game, and basically Ellie becomes like a surrogate daughter for him. Yes. So now this one is looking more like revenge. Because I don't, you don't know what happened. She just said she's going to kill them all. So yeah, she's just heated. She's just like heated. And Joel's just like, are you really sure about this? And of course, he's going to follow her because he has to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so she, seems, more, uh, she seems intense. She seems yeah. like little Carl. So I'm more interested into seeing like, you know, just how much has happened in five years. Five years in this apocalyptic land. Like, imagine being raised in that. So she's going to be like... A, a far more hardened person than in the first game. And in five years, like you said in that setting, time doesn't fly. No. It's not like you and I, we have our video games. We have our things that keep us busy. We have work. So our day is pretty much loaded up. Mm -hmm. And then the days just kind of fly by. But no, that's like five years and you feel it. Yeah, every minute. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. But the next thing we're actually going to mention is Final Fantasy XV. That's oh. all you, man. How is it? Uh, I absolutely love it yeah yeah it's been getting a lot of slack and i think that's more because um the game's been in development like 10 or 15 years and i feel like all of the reviews are judging it based off of that okay. like oh it's been in development for this long it should be this much better but <clears throat> with that being said um it's everything you would expect from a final fantasy uh i enjoy the combat because it's no longer turn-based 
Which, if you think about it nowadays, RPGs aren't really turn-based It's pretty anymore. modernized. Like, it's very yeah. rare for turn-bases. They're usually, at this point, turn-based are just uh, JRPGs. Yeah. Like, the animated-style JRPGs are pretty much the last of these turn-based RPG games. Absolutely. So, you know, when you think of, like, an RPG, now you think of, like, Bloodborne, Skyrim, like, Zelda. So it's it's more in that uh, line when it comes to combat. You you get four characters, but you only control the main one. But unlike normal games, they actually don't feel like you have to babysit them, which I think is super cool. Because usually when you have four characters, it's just like, oh my god. It's almost like micromanaging. Yeah. But basically you have uh, the main guy who has basically all of the abilities, and then the other three guys all specialize in one thing in particular. So everybody's useful like at, at, at any given I time. I know one's like brute strength. Yeah. One's just, like, super strong. You got the one that's, like, long range with the gun, and then you got the other one that's just, like, super smart. Um, basically, they're the, they're the Ninja Turtles. I don't know any other... Yeah, know that's, that's your way. It. That's you know, the only way I can think about it. You know, it. with the reviews, a lot of positives were on the relationship of those four. Dude, they're the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Like, Noctis is Leo. He's the leader. Um, Promptu is the funny one. He's Michelangelo. The big jacked-up dude that's always mad is freaking Raphael. And then the, the, the guy with the glasses, the super smart one, is Donnie. It's literally the Ninja Turtles in Final Fantasy. Like, that's the best way I can, I can describe the characters. Can't go wrong with that, by the way. Which you can't. But um, on that same thing, as, as strong as their bond is, which is, like, the strong point of the game, is the, you know, how the characters come together, that's also their weak point, too. Because if you look at other games, you have a far more diverse cast. So with this one, you got four guys... They all come from the same place. They all have the same background. Whereas you, whereas you, if you look at other Final Fantasies, Cloud was like an ex-soldier. You got like a uh, freaking terrorist and Barrett. You got the girl with the magic Aerith. Like you see how all of their backgrounds are super different. Yeah. But for them, they all come from the same place. So it's just like, oh, okay. Which is why their bond is more what makes it a good game than the actual differences between the characters. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, I heard the... Issues with the games were the second half, like towards the, the past one third. Yeah, because so, I haven't re- I haven't played anything or encountered anything that's super annoying. I heard it just becomes saying, very linear. Yeah, they were saying that like towards the end, there's a lot of stuff they tried and it's very hit or miss. Okay. Yeah, I heard like they were like, oh well, the development. They're like, all right, we got to rush the end of the project. We got to put together. But as much as I heard the back end wasn't good, the ending was good though. Really. So that's important. If you have a good ending, that kind of helps. Dang. It, it leaves a better taste in your mouth, for sure. I will take it. Yeah. But overall, though, you're enjoying the game? I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it And aren't you, like, still messing around with, like, side quests even more to the story? You're just enjoying <laughs> it that much? I think I've done, like, five main storyline, like, quests in comparison to, like, the 35 I've done, like, a side quest. Like, I'm level 30 in, like, three days, and I haven't done barely anything for the main story. Really? That leveling up, though, is interesting. Oh, the whole camping thing? Yeah, so apparently you don't level up as you're fighting people. You just mm-hmm. kind of accumulate XP, mm-hmm. and then it levels you up overnight as you're going to sleep. Yes. And then eating food benefits. Which I think is cool, though. Yeah. Because um, it allows you, as I was telling one of my friends, it allows you to overachieve. So basically, if you're level 15, and your next mission, you got to go take out like some level 20 stuff... If you eat the right meal, it'll boost your stats as if you're level 20 for, like, the next two hours. And then you can go do that mission. Like, if you don't have the time to sit there and level up. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's well, why... Well, if you I don't like have time whole, to go like, to bed, apparently. <laughs> 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 that's why the whole, like, cooking thing's pretty cool, so I like it. Oh, that's really awesome. Mm. 
So, um, you want to move on to anime? Yeah, man. The anime news is just pretty much three major points. Oh, and then you get to finish it off. Yeah. I guess so, just from there. <laughs> so, the first major point is that My Hero Academia was just announced to come out in 2017. And this is the one with the, uh, the guy that's, like, sick with the superpowers? Yes. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's a pretty awesome show. And I feel like it has a cult following, so yes, if you does. do watch it, People love you it. love it. People love it. Or you never heard of it or haven't watched it yet. It's Which is me. So. Yeah, it's pretty much just one of those. <laughs> but I think it's actually coming out before One Punch Man 2. Uh, season really? 2. Yeah, so even though they just announced it, it's like ready. Damn. In like April. Okay. They just announced it during development. So it's more spring anime. Exactly. Okay. Spring, summer anime. It's just going to be a lot of anime this upcoming year. <laughs> but I, this year was good too. Yeah. Spring was really good this year. Yeah, it's definitely a good year. And then another big announcement, just more of a confirmation uh... than anything. Attack on Titan Season 2, About Time. This is such good news because they gave you Season 1, then they gave you a movie, then they gave you some other weird like show where they were like chibi characters or something. It's just like, I don't want any of this. I just want my Season 2. The video game was fun, I heard. Really? Yeah. You know what? I think it's coming on Gamefly. We'll find out. Yeah, is it, is it in the we'll, queue? We'll find out. Yeah, so they finally confirmed that it's coming out in February. Ooh, that's so, actually sooner than I expected. Yeah, that's nice and soon. I mean, they, they've been announcing and pushing it forever, so yeah. I feel like it, <laughs> it just makes sense. You're like, it should be out next week. Yeah, it should, <laughs> it should be out, or just in the beginning of 2017, because apparently everything's, everything's out in 2017. <laughs> 2017 is going to be great. Which is fine, better than hearing 2018. <laughs> that's for sure. But speaking of 2017, because this definitely won't come out until 2017, there's an article that announced that the voice actors for Dragon Ball Super that they're putting together for the dub series have the same voice actors as Dragon Ball Z. That's awesome news that for anyone that loved news. anyone that loved Dragon Ball Z for the dub, which I feel like is just about everyone. Because the cast is perfect. Like the cast was just great. That's one of the fewer animes where like I'd rather watch dub than sub. It's like one of the only animes yeah. that you prefer dubbed over sub. <laughs> you are like way more dubbed, like sub than dubbed overall. <laughs> That's for sure. But then now we're going to go to Dragon Ball Super, actually. <laughs> so Dragon Ball Super, episode 69. You're laughing just because of the episode. It's just that ridiculous. Coming. <laughs> it's just so, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Goku and Arael. I hope I'm saying her name right. Goku versus Arael, a ridiculous battle. Will be the end of Earth? <laughs> like, that's literally the title of the episode. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, so it's about Dr. Slump. Of course. So it's a nice little Dragon Ball Super Dr. Slump crossover. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Slump and Bulma are both invited to the Invention Award to see who has the best award. Slump will win. Yeah. Slump and, should win. And Hercule is the one hosting it. They always find a way to put him in the middle of stuff. He's a big name that people love. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he was the one that put together the spirit bomb at the end of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, no one Goku was getting no love. Vegeta was actually the one getting no love at all. And Vegeta's <laughs> like, nobody likes me. And Hercule's like, yeah, I'm fighting Boo. I need help. And Hercule's like, yeah, I just have to say that so they could support. But Hercule's running point, and he... Gives the award to Dr. Slump, and Dr. Slump presents the machine. So the machine basically is this ridiculous-looking character, of course, because Dr. Slump is just that. And Dr. Slump saying that your innermost desire will come true within the device, within the box. Really? Yeah. So then he just intensely 
desires what he wants and then there's a girl magazine a young girls magazine <laughs> like a doctor like a master roshi <laughs> and even hercules like yo is that really what you want more than anything like, like is, is that your is most your inner desire desire <laughs> so as ridiculous as that is dr slump's antagonist his enemy the other scientist he's dead but he comes in he's like well you're dead and he looks down and he goes see i'm a ghost Exactly. So, and then he's like, yeah. And I gave RL these, uh, this potion, and now she wants to play ten times more than usual. What the heck? So now she's, like, extra excited. And for those who don't know, RL is this ridiculously overpowered being who is stronger than any character in Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, she's, like, Saitama-esque. Yeah. With all the, like, the power scale. Because it's just a gag character. It's not, like, a fighting character. It's just a gag comic book character. So she's just like wreaking havoc, just destroying everything. And Vegeta's there with Bulma. So then Bulma's like, <laughs> Vegeta, can you handle this? <laughs> and of course he tries to handle it and she just knocks him out. She just launches him. She just pushes him and just crushes him. So this is why you, you were warning people, Vegeta fans, please do not watch this next episode. <laughs> There's so much pride and Vegeta's just getting clobbered by this little girl with purple hair. <laughs> and to Vegeta's credit, he's like breaking the fourth wall here. He's like... She's a comic gag character. I'm a comic fighting character. I have no business fighting her. She's just going to be ridiculously overpowered. And she's just <laughs> dropping him. She even punches on the floor and breaks the earth in oh, half. Oh my god. <laughs> in this very cartoony way. Of course. Not in like the scientific looking earth, but in this like very oh, okay. horribly comedic drawn, way. like, yeah, comedic like <laughs> earth. Uh, Vegeta actually sneaks up and attack on RL and sidekicks her in the chest and her head falls off. What? But she's, but a, she's, she's a, a robot. Cyborg. But no one knows this, so she's just putting it on the head. All right, I'm fine. Just keeps dropping Vegeta. Jeez. Goku comes in. It's a great encounter because they met up in Dragon Ball. So he just kind of like sits there and looks at her and goes, do I know you? <laughs> and they just both kind of like look at each other dumbfounded, all confused and stuff. But Goku, unlike Vegeta, actually turns Super Saiyan uh, blue. Super Saiyan God Blue. Vegeta didn't? He didn't. He just kept being dropped as a non-Super Saiyan. What? So you feel less bad wow. for him. But Goku turns his form, and they kind of clash for a second, and he does a Kamehameha, and she just evens the attack. Like, RL just evens that attack, just wow. like it's all good. And then she goes, I'm going to go 100 times stronger with my next attack. <laughs> and then now, they're just sitting here going... Wow, we need to, like, cause a distraction for her. She's just going to destroy everything. <laughs> so someone uses the machine, and they just imagine poop. What? This little pink poop. And they just put it in front of her, and she pokes the stick, and she just gets super excited. <laughs> and now they have to figure out, how are they going to drop How are they gonna drop this girl? So Bulma's like, all right, we need beers. Oh, so she calls, that's actually really smart. So she calls Weiss, and she's like, hey, can we get beers over here? We have a situation. He's like, beers is napping, and you don't want to wake him up. So then Bulma's like, all right, so this is what we're going to do. She points the camera, which is like a world broadcast camera, at the machine and tells everyone in the world to imagine the most delicious food. Mm -hmm. So everyone in the world puts their imagination into this so that the world doesn't get destroyed. And they all imagine all the combinations of delicious food around the world, worldwide, into this box. To get beers over there. Yes. Okay. It becomes a little ball. And that's what the food is. It's just consolidated into this little ball. Mm -hmm. And Beerus smells it. He wakes up out of his nap. 
he books it over there. Of course. Like, Luis is like, we haven't even, we've never moved this fast before. <laughs> and then Beerus eats it. He's all excited. And Bulma's like, now that you're here, please handle this girl. Okay. Yeah. I mean, does he actually listen to her? Oh, at this point, she's been bribing him with food so much that she actually has a voice. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So she calls him over often, actually, in Dragon Ball Super. Be like, hey, I have really good food. They literally will just show up to Earth unannounced at her door. Be like, hey, I want some food. So the standard has become this, where the god of destruction rides over to Earth for Bulma. Rides over to Vegeta's place. And then Vegeta's, of course, like freaking out, and Bulma is just like running point with him. But Beerus attacks RL and just obliterates her, like her head falls off, and they're like, all right, that's enough. And he's about to destroy her. And then his stomach hurts from the food. <laughs> Because this is such a bad episode. So bad. And then he just rides out, and that's pretty much how the episode ends. <laughs> but I did warn Vegeta fans. This is such a bad episode. Vegeta this is fans. Such a you, filler you, episode. But it's nice though. A little crossover. It's just so silly. They just ended a pretty serious arc. So <laughs> with that nonsense. Uh, it, it was like so horrible. It's great kind of thing. Yeah, so it's, it's so bad, it's good. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely is so bad, it's good for sure. <laughs> Beerus hurt his stomach and then left. And then rolled Like, that's, that, that, that's really what happened here. <laughs> Are you that, ready? Yeah, man. Woo! All right, so we're going to get this started with the One Piece synopsis. Episode 767, A Volatile Situation, The Dog and the Cat and the Samurai. That title, by the way. I love that title. <laughs> it's, it's so ridiculous. If title. you would be watching any other show out of context, you'd be, you'd be like, like, what the heck is this? There's a, there's a cat and a dog and a samurai. It sounds like a bad cartoon. Like, what's the purpose of it? Like, but they don't know about that dog yeah. and that cat and, and that, that samurai. samurai. Man, that's problems right there at your doorstep. Yeah. Um... So the episode begins with Frankie waking up first, <laughs> realizing everyone else has fallen asleep as well. Uh, he wakes up Robin and Brooke, and the three quickly rush off towards the village. It's funny seeing Robin have this face like, I messed up. Yeah. Like, she was Which in is shock. very rare. It is so rare for her to, like, have this face of surprise. Because <laughs> usually every situation she's anticipated to <laughs> a certain extent. No, but it's the way, like, what's funny is the way they figured out that the samurai got there is because they saw the drawing of the tiger on the ground. So there's like, holy crap, there's another picture there. They're here already. We screwed up. Yeah, and they're like, <laughs> is that a tiger? Like, I think it's a tiger. <laughs> Frankie's like, uh, I guess. I guess it's a tiger. <laughs> they were gonna sit there for a minute. He's like, all right, yeah, we gotta ride yeah, out. He's like, we gotta go. We can't we be go. looking at this bad drawing forever. <laughs> like, we need, we need to make moves. Uh, but it seems too late as the monkey has already made it back to the village and is ringing a warning bell. What was this monkey running? What like was a four-two? Yeah, he was because he was in. literally right in front of the samurai. How did he get that far ahead of them to ring the bell? Because they were still in the forest chilling. Yeah. So, like, I was like, yo, this monkey was booking it. They also seemed to be chasing him, and then they're like, whatever, let's just walk yeah, around. I was like, they were just, like, cool about it. Yeah, because they thought the bell was, like, a welcome bell. Yeah, at some point, <laughs> they were like, well, it looks like they're welcoming us, so that seems pretty good. <laughs> Upon hearing the bell, uh, Dogstorm and his forces, as well as Cat Viper and his forces, rush off towards the south, so you know it's bad. Yo, uh, Everybody's loaded up. I like how Shishilin, he's like, do as you're told. <laughs> and they're like... You haven't told us anything. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, follow Duke Dogstorm at full speed. Yeah, Wanda's literally like, we but don't she, know. She's like, but you didn't say anything. Yeah, I like how the civilians were running with them too. 
Yo, like even kids. Yeah. Like kids with bandages were like in in the middle of the crowd duking it. So um, of course, while all this is going on, uh, Luffy and the rest of the crew are still knocked out from last night's party. But of course, the commotion soon wakes them up as well. Which no. actually, it woke up Nami, and Nami woke up everybody else. Yeah. Nami usually has a lot more situational awareness than the rest of the crew. Even though the other guys have observation hockey, but Nami knows what's going on more often than not. It's called cautionary fear, man. <laughs> fear is healthy. Yeah, her and Usopp got that fear on lock. Yeah, fear is definitely a healthy thing, as long as it doesn't consume you. But I like Mad Cat Viper's uh, little crew, though. He has, like, a gorilla with him. He has a monkey with a scarf. Like, yeah. And I swag. like how Dogstorm, it was more like align the group and then go. It seemed like Mad Cat Viper just went. Yeah, his people were like booking it. He's a much foot. more impulsive personality. I'm pretty sure that he just woke up and went, and everyone's like, well, we better catch up. Yeah. Yeah, he made it seem like he was late to it. Yeah. His dog storm got up. They waited for a while. He got his wardy. He hopped on his wardy. Then he rolled out. And then when, when they switched it to Cat Viper, he's just like, nom, nom, nom. I, I like <laughs> that when. booking it. I like whenever he does something, he has to do this battle cry <laughs> that, like, I am coming. Like, it's awesome. Mad Cat Viper is great. <laughs> So, um, meanwhile, somewhere in the forest, which I don't know where, uh, Kanjido and Kinemon are finally reunited with Momonosuke. Yeah. So, basically, th- those two are freaking out because they're just like, where are the adults? Why are you here by yourself? And he's like, yo, I've been locked up in a room for like two weeks now. I finally got out. Nobody's there. So, I just went walking. And he just happens to run into him. Yeah. And when he was first approaching, you thought it was like a mink. Yeah, the way the because they did the whole like mysterious bushes rumble type thing, and then when he shows up, you're just like, oh okay, it's Momonosuke. Yeah, it's just Momonosuke. I like when Luffy finally gets woken up. Nami's like, yeah, they're going to they're gonna meet at the city, and Luffy's like, another banquet. <laughs> Nami's like, no, they have a score to settle. Yeah, he's like a banquet two nights in a row. He's like, I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready. <laughs> he was so happy, man. But I like how like the minks were running, and it was just so intense. Yeah, especially for Cat Viper's crew. Yeah, they're all like sweating, like yeah, running like a marathon, away. and they were like all dead serious. Like it was a nice like visual they gave for that uh, scene. Absolutely. So at this point, now Luffy and the crew are also headed towards the samurai as well, hoping to prevent another catastrophe on Zoo. Like everybody's just freaking out and just expecting the worst at this point. So of course, the first two to arrive on the scene are Dogstorm and Cat Viper, and you can tell from how their subordinates are acting that this isn't going to end well. No, uh, Pedro jumps up and just kind of like gets an overview. And then when Pedro looks down, he goes, oh man, there's Dogstorm. He's like, oh damn. Because Viper gets there first. And then uh, he, he tells Pedro to go on the lookout. So when Pedro's up there, he sees Dogstorm. And then he freaks out. But He even know, told Mad Cat to fall back. He yeah, goes, hey he, man, let's ride out. He's we like, don't have to be here. He's like backing up. Of course, Cat Viper's like, what? No, nah, he going nowhere. Yeah, so, he doesn't uh, back down to anyone. You know, uh, Favor was on their side because, you know, Dogstorm actually walked right past Cat Viper. Oh, yeah. He just w- cruised right he by him. He literally walked right past him. And then Shishilian freaks out when he sees Cat Viper. And Cat Viper turns around. He's like, oh, crap. The dog's here. And the dog's like, oh, crap. The cat's here. So Dude, that was um, so bad. They literally passed each other. Pedro didn't say anything. Even the foot soldier didn't say anything. But she's... Sh- oh, man. <laughs> you hated Shishilian for a while. This guy literally put it on blast. Because the thing is, he's like, they saw each other. It's like, no, you told them yeah, they saw they, each they other. Like, no to turn around. Yeah, man, you put it on blast. There was like, you created an encounter that wasn't even there. So, Just putting it on blast, this guy. So basically after the... Uh, 
see each other, we get hit with the halftime. Pretty much. They actually had like a, they were confronting each other and then the halftime hit and the yeah. samurai's like, hey, there's a cat and a dog. <laughs> I love how everybody always refers to them as that. Oh, there's a cat and a dog over there. What are they doing? Man, much more than just a cat and a dog, that's for sure. Yeah, no but the idea. intermission has uh, Usopp in his town. Yeah. And Nami in her town. Yeah. I like that. That was really cool. I like when they put their town instead of just like oh, dock background. Like, random mess on like some random boat. Yeah, that's definitely great. And so, then uh, Chopper, Usopp, and Frankie took them down. The Samurais. Oh, yeah. That's like pretty much how it begins. Yeah, so um, the Moogie Waters soon arrive after the samurai and uh, hides them before they're spotted because, you know, they don't want them to get seen because they think it's going to be another whole, like, catastrophe or well, something. Well, the samurai are completely oblivious to oh, yeah, they anything don't know that's anything. happening. They don't, so know, they just, they don't have a clue. They just don't know. So Nami even tells them, like, it's best if you guys head back to the sunny. Like, you guys should get out of here right now before, like, it really hits the fan. Yeah, they're just so stubborn. But then now these two are talking smack. Oh my god, it was, when I saw them walk up to each other, it was like, um, those meetups before, like, boxing matches, yeah. or like, the weigh-ins, where they just talk smack, and then, like, look each other hard in the face, and then turn to the camera, do the fist pose, like, I was expecting one of those, so, like, tempers begin to flare between Viper and Storm, um, and soon the fight breaks out, which, of course, everyone expected, Yeah. because they're literally, like, they're walking towards each other, and both of their crews are literally like yeah, pushing they were, them, they were trying, trying to, to stop, like, them. stop them. And it's like they were dissing their injuries. They're like, oh, yeah, I see you're missing an arm. Oh, yeah, I see you're missing a leg. <laughs> he was like, oh, so you don't have a hand anymore? I guess all you're good for is lasagna. I was like, Ooh. oh, man. <laughs> oh, that was so But then, like, what was cool is that when they mentioned each injury, they showed a flashback Yeah. of, like, Ugh. how horrid it was. So it was because... When they showed the flashback before of them losing their arm and leg, they didn't really show the action happening. No. You just knew it happened during that time. But this time they actually showed, like, limbs and stuff come off. Yeah, and, like, when uh, Jack had the blade on Dogstorm's leg. Ugh. And he's like, oh, if you want your leg, you're going to say where he's at. And Dogstorm's like, well, my leg's done anyway. He's like, well, I guess I'm losing this leg. Ugh. Yeah, but Mad Cat Viper, the way he got attacked was awesome, though. Well, you know what's funny is that it's it's the perfect example of how their characters are different. Yeah. Because they were literally both in the same situation, but they had completely different reactions. Mm -hmm. So I like how Cat Viper is always, always far more volatile than, than Dogstorm. Yeah. Like, whenever it comes to anything. Yeah, and then, like, when they were stabbing the foot soldiers, he's like, look, you guys are stabbing people who can't even defend themselves. Why don't you stab those crappy spears at me? Like, he just called them out as if they're soft because they can't, like, stab him instead. And they did. Yeah, they, they definitely they definitely stabbed him instead. But it's also great as a leader, though. He took it upon himself. Very yeah, uh, white beard. Very white beard-esque. Ooh, so... A nice, um, like, leadership quality for sure. But then that's when they clash. Yes. And they have hockey. Do they? They have to. They just look like the electricity that the minks, like, generate. Dude, I'm fairly certain they have hockey. I don't. I haven't seen any, any one of them use hockey. Well, they're both kings. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, they would have like conquerors hockey. I wouldn't put it past them. Not armament hockey. Yeah. I don't know. That's true. They're both kings. Yeah, but you don't need to see like the the dark hockey for it to actually be hockey. Is it is it dark because it's just that strong? Yeah, it just it makes it more evident. You can hit a Logia type without having your hand block. Oh crap! That's true. Because Luffy did. Luffy did hit. Um... Your boy on Punk Hazard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you true. don't need to have like a black hand in order to hit people. 
So, so I, I, they have to have a hockey at some level. Yeah. If you're in a new, first of all, if you're in a new world, period. Yeah. Because even those animals had hockey. Yeah. Mm. And you, you know they definitely do. That's for sure. But of course, Kinemon comes out of hiding and announces himself. Dude, he, asking if anyone has seen Rizo. So this is basically what everybody freaks out. He literally <laughs> did the worst thing <laughs> possible. It was like pers- literally the worst thing. So like... Everybody's freaking out. Everybody's like spazzing, and you know they believe like a, a battle's about to break out soon. And when the minks see Kinemon, they literally just drop to their knees in tears. That that moment, man. Like... So basically, like the entire episode was just build up to this one like major monumental moment, in which like you had a misdirection. Yeah, yeah, like. Serious mystery. You were in fear as an audience. You were just in fear of like what's going to happen when this confrontation happens. And even when Kinemon was like, "Hey, I'm here for Rizo," <laughs> like he was so chill about it. The way the minks walked over with this purpose. Yeah, you thought it was going to go down because the way they were walking over, even the straw hats were walking behind the samurai. The straw hats were ready to fight. Yeah, like Luffy, Zoro, Frankie, like all of the heavy hitters were like, "Yo, we might just have to throw down with the minks." Oh, dude! And when they sat. And then they and, cried. And then they sat down. And then that's when they hit you with like the revelation. It was just like, yo, Rizo's safe. And then that's when Usopp just like loses it. Just completely freaks out. Like I was saying before, he basically has like an audience reaction. Because what Usopp does is basically what everybody else is feeling. Yeah. So, yeah, my stomach dropped. Like in that moment, it was just so heavy. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, it was like, Rizo's safe. Don't worry about it's it. It's so funny when you watch this because like generally you're just watching it alone. You just look around and you're like, oh my God. This happened. You're like, oh no, my I, god! I was in the room screaming. Like, yeah, I just, I like sat there and like messaged people like, you need to watch One Piece. Like, this episode is like fire. Like, especially at the end. Like, wow. That episode was so good. I love how a cartoon could just like, <laughs> it's a cartoon show. Like, yeah. man, but it got it has your emotions, man. What a such a well written show. It's freaking ridiculous. And you know, Usopp is there crying. Nami's crying, and Usopp is just like. You know, there, there was so much destruction that was You almost caused. died. Like, so many people died. So many people almost died. And it's just like, this guy was here the whole time. They don't snitch. And, you know, that's when uh, your boy Cat Viper was just like, yo, we never sell out our friends. I was like, oh, oh, Nakamas. Dude, that's like a level of loyalty. Like, if you were to watch, like, when you watch, like, everything they went through... Their entire civilization. Their civilization lasted for a millennium. Yeah, and they almost lost it in like a week. It was on the verge of being lost. It wasn't even like, oh, they survived it. They were saved. Yeah, by sheer luck. So basically, they were willing to have their millennium-long society and everything murdered and destroyed Mm -hmm. just to hide someone. But, I mean, (laughs) he was also saying that the the Wano Kingdom and the Minks have like a, a long history, a, strong, a long history together. So just like I'm assuming we're gonna get like some fire backstory on that soon. Mm-hmm. Plus, Rizo better be awesome, right? He what? better be like the best ninja samurai ever. First of all, don't do that because remember what happened last time when there was a lot of hype to save someone. His name was Kanjiro. <sighs> God, Kanjiro has the coolest ability, but he doesn't have the artistic ability to back it up. Yeah. He, why can't we give that power to Frank? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, like, why can't he get Conjuro's, like, paintbrush? Dude, and then, like, he looks like a clown. He really does. And you're just like, that's Conjuro. Like, <laughs> this is a sweet name. And you see him, and you're just like... You're like, what? But you know what? 
It was interesting, and earlier when Momo ran into Kanjiro, that was the first time he saw Kanjiro. Yeah, he was freaking out. He was just like, holy crap. Because they, ne- they didn't meet yeah. or Dressarosa because he was already on the boat. I love how they save all those interactions for like later when you as an audience is like, he's been saved like 100 yeah, episodes ago. Yeah, he's been ago. saved a long time. But yeah, you just he- realize that, you know, it's it makes you appreciate those times when all of the crew is together. Yeah. Because they're always split up. They're always running moves. They're always doing stuff. And even when they meet up, it's always uh, intel-based. Yeah. You know, as much as it's like a fighting show and everything, it's very heavy on intel. Yeah. Sharing intel, letting everyone know what's happening, like keeping everyone to know whether Luffy's listening or not. <laughs> He's like, who do I got to drop? Like, that's, that's about that's it. That's all he listens for. Yeah. Like, who, who has to get But I'll tell you one thing, man. Those minks, like, dude, they're joining the Armada. Oh, for sure. Dude. Luffy wants to. Did you see that smile at the end? When he's just like, yo, that's what you guys do for Nakama? You guys are my Nakama. Yeah. Let's go. You know what? That's exactly that. He just ha- gained so much respect yeah. for them. And of course, uh, Frankie was crying. <laughs> he's bawling. <laughs> he, besides Usopp, he was the only guy crying. And also, Zoro was surprised. Zoro's never surprised. Yeah. Like, Zoro was surprised. Brooke dropped to his knees. Like, of course, Nami had the ugly cry face. Yeah. She was boohoo crying. Usopp was, like, freaking out. You know what it is with Zoro, though? He never cares enough to be surprised. Yeah, it's not really high up on his agenda. Yeah, so the fact that he cared about the situation enough and for him to still be surprised tells you the gravity of the yeah, situation. Zoro just doesn't give a damn about much. He really doesn't. Just give the man a drink. But, on a side note, I don't know if you noticed this or if we mentioned it before. Have you seen Frankie's hair? Uh, no. I did not uh, notice Dude, it. it's in the shape of the whale tree. What? You didn't see it? No. His hairstyle is the, is in the shape of the whale tree. Dude, Frankie does what he wants. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, yo, how does Richard not like mention this yet? I didn't notice that detail. I'll, I'll show you when we, when we rewatch it. I'll show you. His I'm... hair is awesome, by the way. <laughs> of course, it's His Frankie. His hair is awesome. Usually I'll be like, uh, the hairstyle's whatever. That whale is fire. That's awesome. But uh, the next episode, it shows nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because if you if you look at this episode, content wise, nothing happened. It was it's, it was just all set up for a revelation at the end, but like nothing happened. There aren't that many notes, even though we talked about it for a good minute. There aren't that many notes yeah, on not, this show. There aren't that many details that really like events that happen. Not this particular. It's just episode. everything building to an event, yeah. a monumental event, though. Which was major. You know, it's been a while in One Piece where your emotions were just like. <sighs> But you know that's that's the uh, the good thing about watching it week to week is that the build up and the payoff is so good. It is like the payoff when I'm marathoning. Don't get me wrong, it's still good, but it's like if something is a secret, it's not a secret for that long. It's like, a secret for you for a week. Yeah, it's a secret for like three days. Like this was a secret for like months. So like when you get that revelation at the end, it's just like yo for like half a year we thought it was this and it was really that. Yeah, and that's why I just want to watch the anime because if I read the manga, I would have known that. Yeah, I know. I would have like already. It's like reading a book, reading the end of it, and then watching the movie of it. <laughs> but it's like, it, well, like you that's said before, cool. it's like reading the script to to a movie. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. But overall, I like the episode. I enjoyed it. The end made, like, everything worthwhile. It did. It could have been a terrible episode up to that point, up to that and it point, wasn't. It doesn't matter. Like, the end just, like, capitalized on everything. Yeah, definitely great. But um, with that being said, you got anything else? No, that's all for me. All right. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Laters. Laters.